Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Well, hello there, faithful listeners. I hope you have your cup of coffee ready on this uh, very sleepy Monday morning. (laughs) I'm quite tired today. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, hope you have your cup of coffee ready or your cup of tea so that we can just start reading the scriptures today and decide whether or not these children here that we talked about on Friday are going to commit the sin of their fathers or not. If you weren't able to catch Friday's episode, please go back and do that because this episode is basically a part two, honestly, of Friday's episode. But just to give a quick recap to those of you who did listen in um, and don't want to go back, basically some men from the tribes of Reuben and the tribe of Gad came to Moses and Eleazar the priest asking for land outside of the promised land. Moses basically was about to wring their necks. (laughs) He really was. He was pretty mad. And he chewed them out and basically said that they are going to cause the downfall of Israel all over again for this brand new generation because they are doing the sins of their fathers, not wanting to cross over into the Jordan. So now let's see how these these uh, men respond to that and what they have to say. But quick thing before I begin, real quick, my new devotional, the Adore Devotional for Teen Girls, which is an Advent devotional, is going to production, which means it's going to be available very, very soon, probably this week. So I am so excited uh, to share that with you guys. And the second it is available, I'm going to send an email out to everybody. I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. You're going to hear a lot about the Adore Advent devotionals. So, um, <laughs> so sorry in advance, but also I'm just excited. I'm, I'm excited to present this to you guys and I hope you all enjoy it a lot. But okay, let's go ahead and Go back to scripture and let's read Numbers chapter 32, 16 through, let's see here, the end of the chapter to verse 42. We're going to talk about how this generation of people responds to Moses's complaints or rather Moses's uh, concerns for this generation. So grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's jump in. Okay, just to let you guys know who is speaking here, these are the men responding to Moses's complaints against them. So here's what they say in verse 16. They came near to him and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will be ready armed to go before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their place. Our little ones shall dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our houses until the children of Israel have all received their inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has come to us on this side of the Jordan eastward. Moses said to them, If you will do this thing, if you will arm yourselves to go before Yahweh to the war, and every one of your armed men will pass over the Jordan before Yahweh until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before Yahweh, then afterward you shall return and be clear of your obligation to Yahweh and to Israel. Then this land shall be your possession before Yahweh. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against Yahweh, and be sure 
your sin will find you out. Build cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep and do that which has proceeded out of your mouth. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke to Moses saying, your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all of our livestock shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But your servants will pass over and every man who is armed for war before Yahweh to battle, as my Lord says. So Moses commanded concerning them to Eliezer the priest and to Joshua the son of Nun and to the heads of the father's households of the tribe of the children of Israel. Moses said to them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass over with you to the Jordan, every man who is armed to battle before Yahweh, and the land is subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As Yahweh has said to your servants, so we will do. We will pass over armed before Yahweh into the land of Canaan, and the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us beyond the Jordan. Moses gave to them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben and to half of the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land according to its cities and borders, even the cities of the surrounding land. The children of Gad built Dibon, Atarath, Eror, Atrath Shofen, Jazer, Jobegha, Beth Nimrah, and Beth Haran, fortified cities and folds for sheep. The children of Reuben built Heshbon, Eliela, Kiriathiam, Nabo, and Baal Maon, their names being changed, and Sibma. They gave other names to the cities which they built. The children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead, took it, and dispossessed the Amorites who were there within. Moses gave Gilead to Machir, the son of Manasseh, and he lived therein. Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took its villages and called them Havoth Jair. Noba went and took Kenneth and its villages and called it Noba after his own name. I had a chuckle there at the end when, uh, <laughs> when Noba went and named the city after himself. That was, I, I don't know. That's just funny. I guess that's pretty common, though. But okay. So here's how these people responded to Moses. Moses was obviously quite concerned about this request that these uh, two tribes had. And now we actually find out that there was a third tribe involved. I don't know if you caught that all of a sudden Manasseh, half of the tribe of Manasseh, also wanted this land and didn't want to go into the promised land. So it's kind of interesting that all of a sudden Manasseh is included in all of this as well which might be because Manasseh was too scared to go and talk to Moses about this <laughs> until Moses actually uh, basically said it was okay that they could do this. But anyway, here's what ends up happening. So these two tribes and then the half tribe of Manasseh, who isn't included yet, really, really want this area of Gilead, which was not a part of the promised land. It was basically like the fringes of the promised land. So it wasn't the promised land, but it was still good land because that's the reason they wanted it. They were like, this land of Gilead is beautiful. It's good. It's good for our sheep because we found out that the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben had tons and tons of sheep. And we don't know how many sheep they had, but they had a lot of sheep. So because of that, and they saw how good Gilead was, they decide to go to Moses and they're like, yep, we want Gilead. Moses got angry. He responded uh, very harshly to them. And now, starting in verse 16, where we started today, 
the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad answer Moses and they're like, look, we aren't doing what our fathers did. We aren't not saying that we're not going to go into the promised land. We will. It's just we don't want the inheritance of the promised land. We have seen this land of Gilead. We think it's great. We think it's good. It's going to suit our needs. And we're fine being on the outskirts, on the fringes of the promised land. And then they said, but even though we want the land that's not part of the promised land, we will go into the promised land and help fight with our brothers in arms, basically. With the other tribes of Israel, we will go and help them fight to take the promised land. And we promise we will do this as long as we are allowed to get our inheritance from this land, Gilead, rather than the promised land. So Moses basically says to them, okay, here's the deal. (laughs) As long as you do that, as long as you go into the promised land and fight with your buddies, fight alongside the other tribes, then that's fine. You are going to be blameless in God's sight and you can have the land of Gilead as your possession rather than the promised land. But then Moses says here, and this is a very important verse. He says, however, if you do not, you have sinned against Yahweh in verse 23. He says, you have sinned against Yahweh and be sure that your sin will find you out. So basically, Moses says, look, if you are lying to me right now and your tribes do not go into the promised land with the other tribes to help fight it and take it for yourselves, then you will have sinned against Yahweh. Because here's the reason it was a sin. Firstly, they were lying if they chose not to go into the promised land. And secondly, they were doing nothing. So they were basically allowing their brothers to go to war for them. (laughs) And thirdly, they were being complacent by staying in Gilead. Basically, exactly what Moses was concerned with at the beginning was their complacency and their fear of not going into the promised land. So Moses says, if you choose to not go into the promised land and fight, you're going to sin against God. And your sin of that, that complacency sin, that sin of laziness, that sin of doing nothing, that sin of lying, it's going to find you out. Actually, that verse is repeated a handful of times in scripture. Your sin will find you out. And what does that mean? Like, what's that mean that your sin is going to find you out? Well, that just means that if you sin and you continue to live in that sin, eventually your life is going to go downhill because of that sin. That sin is finding you out. That sin is revealing darkness. That sin is causing you to live in a way that is not healthy for you. I think a good example of a sin finding you out is probably something like embezzlement, where a person might feel like he or she can get away with embezzling from a company for a short period of time. But eventually, someone's going to find that out, that sin. That sin that they did basically is shown... (laughs) Does that make sense? It is not hidden anymore. The sin finds them out. And because of that, they go to jail over it. And that's a, that's an example I can give. But basically, what it really boils down to is that something that you think you can get away with that is a sin will eventually 
be brought out into the light and you will be exposed for that sin. That's the best way I can describe it. So that's kind of what Moses is saying here is that their sin is going to expose them. And honestly, I don't know exactly what that would be if the children of Israel did choose to lie and not go in to help fight for the promised land. I don't know what would happen to them, but something would happen that would not be good. And Moses is warning them of this. Their sin will find them out. They will be exposed and that sin will be clear and brought out into the open for everybody to see. And they're going to end up being punished for that sin. Reuben and Gad, the two tribes, once again, they say to Moses, they're like, no, look, we promised we are going to go into the promised land and we are going to help our brothers take it. So here's what Moses does. He's, he doesn't uh, believe them. <laughs> the years of Moses having to deal with the Israelites caused, the, caused him to basically become a hardened is kind of what it sounds like, because he truly does not believe that they're going to do it. And so he says to Eliezer, the priest, right here in front of the two tribes of Reuben and, and Gad, if these guys do what they say they're going to do in a couple of years after I'm dead and you guys go into the promised land and they help you take the promised land, then great. Give them the land of Gilead. However, if they end up staying in Gilead and choosing not to cross over the Jordan with you to take the promised land, then take all of that land away from them and they get an inheritance inside of the promised land and it might not be land that they want. So <laughs> whether or not they get the land of Gilead that they wanted was totally dependent on whether or not they go in and fight for the promised land, even though they weren't going to get part of the inheritance of the promised land. That was the stipulation that Moses put in place because he was so untrusting of the Israelites at this point, which is so funny to me. It's so it's so funny and relatable. I like I feel like I would get to the same point where I'm just like, I don't trust a single word any of you guys say like, <laughs> because there was so many things that Moses just had to deal with. Like Moses is a funny guy. But OK, moving forward, they say once again in verses 31 and 32, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, as Yahweh has said to your servants, so we will do. We will pass over armed before Yahweh into the land of Canaan and the possessions of our inheritance shall remain with us beyond the Jordan. So basically on this side of the Jordan, we don't want to go past the Jordan for our inheritance. We just want the land of Gilead. But we will go into the promised land. So they promise. They're just like, no, we're going to do it. We promise we will. So Moses says, okay, as long as you do it, you're going to be blameless before Yahweh, but you better do it. So Moses goes ahead and he gives the land of Gilead to the tribe of Gad and to the tribe of Reuben and to half of the tribe of Manasseh, who finally ends up showing up. <laughs> so the two and a half tribes get the land and they end up rebuilding the cities that, the, that were destroyed. And also Manasseh, kicked out the rest of the Amorites who were living there. It says they dispossessed the Amorites who were there within. So yeah, I mean, uh, they had another little victory there in the land of Gilead. They got rid of more Amorites and went in, rebuilt the cities, renamed a lot of them, and uh, just started living there in Gilead. So these two and a half tribes ended up getting their possession in a way kind of early, 
earlier than the other tribes, but there was the stipulation that it could be taken away with them, taken away from them, I'm sorry, if they did not go and uh, fight alongside the other tribes. So my question during all of this, and this is a question I cannot answer at this time, but I'm going to keep it in the back of my brain as we move forward in scripture. I'm very curious as to whether or not this was a good idea, these two and a half tribes taking land that was not the promised land. It kind of seems a little bit contrary to me as to what God wanted because of the fact that God was very insistent that the tribes go into the promised land. However, Moses kind of made this decision that um, these two and a half tribes would be blameless before God if they did stay outside the promised land as long as they went and fought for the promised land. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see if this was, I'm going to keep this in the back of my brain, this chapter, to think about this moving forward as we start discussing um, more of ancient Israel's uh, history. So I, I'm just curious about this. And if you guys know the answer to that, I'm actually really um, interested in that. So message me on Facebook or go over to the website p40ministries.com slash contact and let me know if this was biblically a good idea for the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben and the half tribe of Manasseh to stay outside of the promised land, even though that uh, wasn't initially what God had told them to do. So I am, I, I'm just so curious about this. And it's not something I can answer right now. But anyway, faithful listeners, this was more of a history lesson, I think, than anything, just about the tribes and more of the land and the possession that they were going to receive. And we're going to talk more about the possessions once the tribes actually all go into the promised land. However, that's not going to be for a while because we're going to go through the book of Deuteronomy right after this. And that kind of goes back to more of the laws and different things regarding that, like little added on laws. It kind of sounds like to me <laughs> mostly. But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you thought about it, especially that part regarding the sin finding you out. So no matter what, sin does in fact find us out and that's pretty um, clear in scripture. And specifically, I believe those sins are the ones that we are continuing to live in, continuing to ignore or hide from others. Those are the ones that are eventually going to be found out and put into the open. And when that happens, it's not a fun thing, which is why I recommend getting them out into the open yourself <laughs> before your sin can find you out. Get them out into the open, expose them to the light, tell somebody trusting about them. And that's a very good thing to do for healing for yourself. And also it's biblical. It says in the Bible to confess your sins to one another, because when you confess them, you can also get somebody who you trust to help you to be a guidance counselor to you, to be a person that you can fall back on. So that's something I recommend doing. If you guys are struggling with anything, feel free to reach out to somebody that you know that might be able to help you. When I finally exposed a lot of the sins I was struggling with, it was just so horrifically embarrassing, <laughs> but also so freeing, like so wonderful to just get that off my chest, 
get it out into the open and finally get the help that I needed to work through some of those struggles that I had, where I began to grow through some of those things that were eating away at me and were bothering me. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you were convicted, that's awesome. Share it on your social media platforms. Begin the step of confessing those sins. Maybe not on social media. Never mind. Just share the podcast episode because you think somebody else might enjoy it. Don't confess your sins on social media. (laughs) Probably you should go to somebody and talk with them personally, one-on-one, more so than the entire world. Okay, I'm very sorry. I'm going to let you guys go, and I'm just going to stop talking. All right, I'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. Until then, happy listening, and God bless. Thank you.